Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another DMN one-on-one. With me today, I have Noor Breyer, who's CTO and co-founder of Percolate, a very interesting company which applies systems thinking to marketing processes and especially content marketing. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. And we're actually going to take a step back into history, which is unusual for these podcasts, because Noor has been giving some thought uh, as to how we got where we are today. And uh, I know he's identified a year where some really important themes, including uh, mobile, streaming, and social media, really took off. So, not surprise us with the year. Sure. Uh, the year is 2007. So, uh, in thinking about kind of how did we end up in this situation we're in, um, really driven by uh, a thing Gartner said at the beginning of the year, which is that the biggest challenge in marketing by 2020 is going to be content, that that's going to be marketing's biggest bottleneck. Um, And so I was sort of plotting this through history, trying to understand kind of how we got to this bottleneck. And 2007 is this amazing year for marketing, but really because it's an amazing year for technology. So in 2007, basically at the beginning of the year in January, the iPhone is introduced. Uh, A couple weeks after that, Netflix introduces streaming. Um, in April or May of that year, Google buys DoubleClick. So that's oh, their yeah. first kind of big foray into advertising. And I think I saw just a couple of weeks ago that they're they're now going to remove the name DoubleClick. It's just yes. their own Google. Google um, yeah. uh, Twitter becomes its own company. Uh, Facebook introduces Platform, which you know now, of course, is a sort of famous moment for everything that's happened over the last couple months. Um, AWS comes out of beta. Oh, okay. Android is introduced. Um, and then Facebook introduces ads, actually. So they introduce platform in the first half of the year. They introduce ads in the second half of the year. And then at the very end of the year, and, and this one is sort of end of 2007, beginning of 2008, uh, Cisco actually says that that's the point in time when the number of Internet-connected devices actually passed the number of people on Earth. Oh, right. And so in kind of thinking about where we are and thinking about this content bottleneck that we face, I think you have to look at that moment in time and especially it's sort of, to me, that culmination of the number of of internet-connected devices passing the number of people and you really get to this moment where for the first time there is this possibility to have a one-to-one mapping of people to channels. That kind of before that you had the bottleneck was the channels. It was the amount of space you had available to talk to consumers, right? It was talking to you a little earlier about going back to 1965 and during prime time you could have six minutes of advertising and there were three networks, right? So you had 18 minutes an hour and that was it. Um, and you even go forward to 1995 and there there was still, you know, there's a hundred channels on TV, there's, you know, um, a thousand daily newspapers, 1,500 daily newspapers. There, it, it's still relatively contained. And then all of a sudden you have this point in time and it, it sort of all breaks apart, right? And I think that to me is this really interesting moment. And what happens from there in some ways is kind of the birth of all of MarTech, I think. Yeah. Um, because you, for the first time, have a totally new challenge that exists in marketing, which is that it's no longer how do we get to the people, right? Like how the channels aren't the bottleneck. Now all of a sudden, the ability to deliver onto those channels is the bottleneck, right? Because there's yeah. basically one-to-one mapping of these channels to people. And so you see this sort of huge influx of, of 
you know, what I kind of think of as delivery, right? So you've got, you know, marketing automation. You see this huge rise in marketing automation, both in the number of companies, but yeah. more importantly, just in the, the size of that, that industry, right? The size of that vertical. Um, you see an exponential growth in the, the MarTech landscape. If you just take those uh, uh, MarTech yeah. landscape <laughs> slides, you literally sure. have... Uh, you know, exponential exponential growth from 2011 to today. I think the last one said six or seven thousand companies right. in the yeah. landscape. Um, you know, and so what really occurs is this. You know, marketing industry, the bottleneck moves in the industry responds. Right? Um, there's a group of entrepreneurs who respond by building technology, and the industry responds by adopting it. And then Gardner kind of goes on to say that the reason that you have this new content bottleneck is because everybody did such a good job adopting all this personalization technology yeah. that now the bottleneck has moved again, right? And so whereas the bottleneck was at the point of distribution, how do I get it to those channels? Now it's actually the point of content creation. Um, and so you have this whole new set of challenges, but it's really kicked off in that year 2007 where all of consumer behavior um, is kind of remapped. It's, it's this amazing moment. As big as 1995 is and, and you know, the birth of the browser and kind of the birth of the web as we know it, um, 2007 is when it really becomes available to everybody. It really underlines the, uh, the way the, the whole playing field has changed for content because if you're talking about you know, a point where you have only so many minutes of TV time to fill or only so many newspaper pages, then it's a finite amount of content you need to have available. But with the technologies we have now, the amount of space available for content is essentially limitless. Uh, your limit is the attention of people, I guess, but the quantity of content you're able to put out there, and especially the challenge of then addressing small segments of this audience or even individuals it's just uh, it's a really huge change isn't it yeah it's gigantic and i think you know when i think about the bottleneck there there's a couple different ways to cut it right um you talked about quantity yeah. quantity is is a challenge for many brands there's there's sort of very tactical reasons some of them connect to the the second thing you said which is that you know if you just simply if you are are engaging with ABM and all of a sudden you move from having two segments having <laughs> six segments yeah. you know you literally just multiply the amount of content you need right because you want to have it the whole point of it is to have content that is relevant for that specific segment so I think you know quantity is an obvious one and so you have segments you have channels that all drive that but then there's actually these other bottlenecks too right so we talk to a lot of brands and what they actually say is that their biggest challenge is they have a coordination challenge is, is kind of how I've been thinking of it, which is to say we hear a lot that we make plenty of content inside our organization. Plenty of it exists. It's actually really good. The challenge that we have is how do we get it to the right place at the right time? How do we get it out of these pockets of the organization? We work with lots of B2B companies, yeah. right? And so, you know, you have product organizations, product marketing organizations all over the world who are creating content in these silos. And how do we get it out of that silo and into other channels? And then the third kind of bottleneck, so you have quantity, you have a coordination, and then you also have quality bottlenecks, yes. right? Where um, you know, you're spending lots of time, you're spending lots of money, you're making lots of content. Maybe the, you're making enough, but if none of it's any good, it doesn't, doesn't matter. The kind of analogy I use sometimes, because 
I think, you know, the best way to think about bottlenecks is to actually look at some of the other thinking that exists. There's lots of thinking out of manufacturing about how bottlenecks work. Yeah. Is if you think about, you know, a car manufacturing plant, right? You're making a car, it goes through the whole thing. If it gets to the end and it doesn't get a steering wheel, you didn't make a car, right? And that's kind of the quantity, yeah. that's the quality bottleneck. Yeah. Is that, you know, yes, we made the content, it got all the way through, but it didn't get the steering wheel. And so it's not, it doesn't actually count. Right, yeah. and so I think you have a, a totally new set of challenges, um, and you know I think that the thing about these challenges is they really touch the organization, right? And so you know I think we're seeing organizational changes happen that mirror the technological changes, right? So, you know, you, we hear a lot, and I'm sure you hear a lot about um, lots more brands bringing content in-house, yeah. right? Um, you have many companies experimenting with new ways of making marketing. So, you know, we hear more and more about companies adopting Agile yes. as a process for marketing. Oh, yes, written um, about that. It's and, very interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. And, and you know, what can you think about that? Why does Agile occur? Agile actually... <clears throat> is inspired by a lot of the things that happened in manufacturing when yeah. it went through a similar kind of revolution. And so, you know, when we think about what's going on, how do you deal with this bottleneck? On one side, you have software and processes, and mm -hmm. some of those are technical, right? Like Percolate is a platform for helping brands manage that process. Some of them are, are, are processes, though. They're things yeah. like Agile, right? Um, you know, in manufacturing, they were lean. Um, and Six Sigma and those sorts of things. And then, you know, on the other side, you have, you know, what sort of broadly sits under the umbrella of digital transformation, which, yes. you know, in a lot of ways is how do we adapt our organizations to deal with the challenges that have been set forth starting in 2007? Yeah, so it's, it's you don't solve these problems just by having a, a cool digital asset management library or just the best automation platform that's around. You have to start thinking about the way you're using these things, the processes behind it, and that may well mean, as you say, structural changes, different kinds of teams, different mixes of skill sets, all those things. It's a, it, it's a really big challenge for a company who's trying to like turn around what it does. Yeah, and I think the, the thing about that challenge that's so interesting is that you know, what naturally happened is all of these companies invested all of this money in the tech to do personalization, and what they're realizing is you can't see any of the value from that if you don't make these other changes, whether they be process changes or platform changes or people changes, right. to be able to actually now create the content necessary to deliver on the promise of that other technology you have. Because if you don't do that, you know, the way bottlenecks work, right? Yeah. You know, if you think about pouring a glass of wine out of a wine bottle is it slows down everything that comes after it, right? When you're pouring wine, that's a good thing. It makes it easy <laughs> to pour the wine. Um, you know, if the, if the neck of the bottle sat in the middle of the wine bottle, though, that means everything would come out at that <laughs> speed. And when yeah. you think about, you know, what happens with those downstream systems, marketing automation, ABM, all those, if you don't have the content upstream being produced for all the various segments at a high enough quality, then you can't actually see the value out of what's happening downstream. So, yeah, I think that what we're seeing is, is kind of a reckoning, right? Like, how do we make all these things work together? We, everybody believes in the promise that exists downstream, the yeah. promise of personalization, the promise of segmentation, um, that that is a really effective way to drive up marketing effectiveness. Um, but if you don't have the marketing, mm -hmm. 
then it, it can't actually deliver. And there's a, a question also about a coordination between the different silos, isn't there? Because the other thing people have come to expect in this new world which has been developing over the last 10 years is really high quality experiences with the brand's content no matter the time of day, where they are, what device they're using. So it's no longer good enough just to have some good content for TV ads and some good content for your website. It's all got to go together and interrelate and communicate. And You've got to recognize the consumer who is uh, on the phone to your call center, the same person when they go yep. into your mobile app. So that just ratchets it all up. Totally. And, you know, I think the... The way I've always thought about brands, and you know, it's very similar to I think how how most folks define customer experience is that, you know, a brand is the sum total of kind of experiences that a person has with your products and your people and your technology and systems, and um, you know, in the past that was much easier to control because the sum total of those experiences was much lower. Yeah. Right. And what's happened now, to your point, is that as there are so many more of them, and now the expectations grow because we also interact with these pure technology companies. You know, we interact with Google, yeah. um, and they do know us across these different places. We don't have to re-sign in. We don't have to tell them who we are again. Yeah. And you know, the expectations that come from that raise the expectations that we have for the brands and the companies that we interact with. And so, you know, I think the through line through all that experience is content. Yeah. Right. Um, every single thing a customer touches has some content embedded in it. It, it starts at the product, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, you could go to the call center, you could go in store, you could go to obviously emails, you could look at talking to salespeople, right? Um, all of those have content that needs to be woven through in a kind of cohesive way that is aware of the person, aware of their industry, aware of their expertise, aware of where they are in the journey, you know, and aware of whatever 16 more things we're going to need to be aware of soon. <laughs> okay. And the couple of minutes we have left, I can't resist asking you to look to the future as we've been talking about what has come to us out of the past. And I mean, one thing which seems to have happened is that all of this has accelerated. You pointed to 2007. But of course, everything has become much more intense. The volume of everything, the volume of data has grown, the volume of content has grown. Over the next 10 years, are things going to carry on getting faster? In other words, this environment we're familiar with now, with mobile and social, is it going to be transformed? And we're going to be looking at completely new types of channels, kinds of interactions? Yeah, I mean, I think so. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't see how it slows down. I think you could, you could kind of answer the question in... in a few different ways, right? So, um, you know, on one side, there's still lots of the world who is going to adopt this technology over right. the next 10 years, right? So, you know, we haven't, we're, we're like halfway there. Right. Um, and so there's lots more people around the world. And, you know, part of the shift that's happened for these companies is that all of a sudden, everyone is global, right? And everyone is global because everyone has access to the same platform using this technology. So, you know, I think that part of it, we're, we're going to continue to see the increase. Obviously, it's not going to grow at the same rate as it did. Um, but, you know, at the same time, what we're seeing is that every step we take forward 
with the technology, the ability to segment, the ability to create content for those segments, deliver content for those segments. What we do is we don't just say, okay, we're good. We've got enough segments, right? <laughs> we're personalized enough. Right. Um, what we naturally do is we go to the next step and we say, how do we, how do we take this further? How do we do even more personalized? And, you know, I think you hear conversations. I Increasingly, I hear people calling it intelligent content oh, or atomic yes. content. Yes. And, you know, you hear various forms of that. I think, um, you know, that is, that's one of the next steps. We just had someone speak at our conference from a big pharmaceutical company talking about uh, chatbots, right? And, yeah. you know, I think that when you think about what are the content experiences that are going to exist there, it kind of comes back to the point you made earlier that number, as the number of channels increase, the complexity of creating a cohesive customer experience increases. So, you know, I think that we're, we're just, we're looking at, at a continued shift upward. I do think, you know, at the same time, um, there's, there's other kind of interesting trends. So I think, you know, everybody is paying attention to AI and machine learning and, um, you know, I think the hope that people have is that that's a sort of antidote to the problem because the thing that it's good at mm. is taking a massive amount of data and understanding it um, and actually sort of potentially seeing things that we never saw. Um, and I think that there are definitely really interesting applications and in some of which we're, we're working on here for how you use that to solve for, for content challenges, how you use that to solve for marketing challenges. Um, but, you know, that... I think at its best only sort of slows the, um, you know, slows the onslaught down. I think okay. I think we're yeah. we're probably dealing with a, a, a continued slope upward. Okay, you have your work cut out. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's a fun problem to solve. That's the good thing. It is fascinating and fascinating conversation about it. No, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me.